After a loss to LSU, Eli Drinkwitz taking a very positive tone for his team. Meanwhile, also at 5-1, and one, Mark Stoops doesn't seem happy whatsoever. So let's dig into these two different attitudes and preview the game coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And as I alluded to there in the cold open, really Missouri and Kentucky on paper are about as close as you could possibly get. Both five and one ball clubs that lost their first game this past Saturday. But I tell you, two decidedly different tones coming from the two head coaches. Eli Drinkwitz very much keeping his team on an even keel, trying to keep them positive, I think, by saying that, yeah, we're really bummed out that we lost to LSU, but we're not devastated by any stretch of the imagination. On the other hand, Mark Stoops, who obviously I have all the respect for in the world as a football coach, well, he's been hammering his guys pretty good in the weeks leading up to his game, in particular his defense and his quarterback, Devin Leary. And frankly, understandably so, because Missouri, again, obviously lost a heartbreaker lost a game to LSU that came down to the wire, really could have gone either way if you go back and look at a few snaps here and there. But Kentucky, they just flat out got dominated and a little bit embarrassed by a Georgia team that hasn't made it a a habit of exactly blowing the doors off of teams so far this season, at least not playing a complete football game. Well, certainly it was a complete first half by Georgia against Kentucky at the very least. And while actually Kentucky's offense, I thought, got off to a a decent start in a lot of ways. They ended up shooting themselves in the foot with penalties at times. Really, that Kentucky defense, which has been lauded and ranked among the best in the country in a lot of different metrics, well, they really did nothing, and I mean nothing, to slow down the Georgia Bulldogs in that entire first half. By the, by the time the second half started, I, I was frankly bored with it. I, I, got, I didn't need to see the rest of that game. I, I saw the final score. Obviously, Kentucky did not make that a ball game whatsoever. And, and on that Kentucky defense, which, don't get me wrong, I, I'm sure they're going to refocus this week, probably come out with a much better effort against Missouri than it did against Georgia. But let's just talk about that defense. It's actually somewhat similar in terms of structure to the Kansas State defense. Though it's not exactly a a 3-3-5 per se, the Wildcats, the Kentucky Wildcats, of course, do use lots of three-down defensive linemen, but also they include one edge rusher that's usually standing up. So for all intents and purposes, you have four defensive linemen. You just got one standing up a lot of times. Now, the real similarities are that like Kansas State, Kentucky's going to play a lot of zone. 
and their pre-snap reads are going to be very similar on all your standard downs, meaning your off-ball linebackers are going to charge very hard on run fakes, it would seem, because for the most part, they're just standing you know, five yards off the line of scrimmage and not really giving you any indication if they're going to blitz, if they're going to drop into coverage or anything. So because of that, I think that like the Kansas State linebackers, I think they're really vulnerable to play action fakes, especially on standard downs. You're talking first and 10, second and five, anytime you're ahead of the sticks and it's not a, a third down or fourth down type situation. So as I said against Kansas State, Play action fake. Once again, I think Missouri's got to use it over and over again in those standard down type situations. It's something Missouri's done effectively regardless of opponent here the last few weeks. I'd use it even more here early and often against Kentucky. Now, interestingly enough, for a second week in a row, like Jaden Daniels, who Missouri and Eli Drinkwitz courted rather openly a couple off-seasons ago in the transfer portal, well, the Tigers at least kicked the tires on Devin Leary, who Eli Drinkwitz had experience with at North Carolina State. Of course, he's now wound up with the Kentucky Wildcats, so an interesting note there. But I will say, at least so far, I think Missouri has got to be happy that they stuck with Brady Cook, because Devin Leary so far, well, according to Mark Stoops, this is what he had to say after the ball game about Devin Leary. He said, quote, I was a little disappointed myself. Usually I don't say a whole lot during games to a quarterback to not get him off, but there's no excuse not to hit some of those passes. I mean, we had some guys wide open. And in particular, in that first quarter, there was a third and 15 call, a really good call by offensive quarter, coordinator Liam Cohen, gets a player wide open, maybe 20 yards downfield, and, and Leary just missed him. That's all there is to it. It's one of those you got to have, especially trailing already by a touchdown or two, as Kentucky was in that ball game. And, and it really would have been a touchdown if that's a well-thrown ball by Leary. It just feels like perhaps... Because he's so new, of course, to this this new Kentucky offense, new receivers, new teammates, the whole deal, maybe the cohesiveness just isn't there like it is for Brady Cook and some guys that he's played with for multiple years now. Also, on a little more here on Devin Leary, Mark Stoops says sometimes his feet or his footwork, and sometimes maybe him expecting a receiver to run out at a different angle there's just some little things and maybe that we just have to have. That's not here to sit here and make an excuse for him. He's a big boy and he owns it. Just like everybody else on our team, you have to have the courage to see the areas that you need to improve on and you have to own it. So again, some unusually probably honest, brutally honest, I would say, comments from Mark Stoops. We'll see how that works out for him and his ball club. But it's just interesting to note that, again, a 5-1 and one ball club that just lost its first game to the number one team in the country, according to most. You shouldn't feel this down, should you? But I got to say, it was a really disappointing performance when you go back and look at that Kentucky team. But I will say, offensively, I thought they got off to a decent start in a lot of ways. You know, Liam Cohen can definitely organize an offense, and Ray Davis, well, currently the 
SEC's leading rusher. They did a lot of damage early in that ball game to Georgia's defense. And while Missouri has defended the well, the run well for the most part until last week, other than the quarterback runs by Jaden Daniels, quite honestly, I'd say they've defended the tailback runs as well. I think Missouri needs to load up the box much more than they did against LSU. The, the, receiving, the receivers, the quarterback, the passing game, it's just not quite the same thing. And obviously the quarterback run element is also not something that Missouri is going to have to deal with this week. I think you'll see a much heavier box, more defenders near the line of scrimmage this week to deal with Ray Davis and that run game. And the more I think about it, even though Ennis Rakestraw is out this week, I think Missouri's got to play tighter coverage and dare Kentucky to try to beat it over the top with explosive plays. Because right now, this Kentucky offense is very methodical. And coming up, let's talk more about how I believe this Missouri offense can attack the Kentucky defense, including why I think Brett Norfleet can at least do an impression of what Brock Bowers did for Georgia against Kentucky this past week. But before we get there, let's talk about Jace Medical because everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple, and they handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get unprepared and get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using my code Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. It was good to see Brett Norfleet, Missouri's young tight end, back in the lineup this past week because just as it seemed like Norfleet was starting to come into his own in the Missouri passing game, well, he had to sit out a little bit with injury and you know, I, I realize I've said well about 15 times already in this show. Somebody has gotten into my head in the YouTube comments. I made fun of that person, but darn it, when you're right, you're right. I have said well. a few. I do say well on this show too many often. So well, I'm going to try to stop doing that. But back to my point on Brett Norfleet. Of course, Brock Bowers, he's actually getting Heisman Trophy hype right now. That shows what a good player he is because, frankly, tight ends just do not win that award. So, obviously, Brett Norfleet, not expecting him to be Brock Bowers this week, but I do think he can be a very productive part of this Missouri passing game based on one snap, the very first snap of the second half, I believe, when off a play-action fake, hey, I've brought that up enough, haven't I? Off a play-action fake, Brock Bowers runs wide open down the field, gains 50-plus yards to which Sean McDonough, the ESPN play-by-play guy, goes, how did he get that open? Well, against zone coverage, I did it again, I said well. Against zone coverage, 
and a play action heavy type attack, it's going to be tough to cover the tight end at all times, especially if he's attached to the line of scrimmage. It's just easy to get lost in the wash of your run fits and all that good stuff. So to me, if Brock Bowers can run wide open, I'm pretty sure we can get Brett Norfleet open as well. And again, he's not Brock Bowers, but he's a pretty doggone good athlete and somebody who needs to get the football more, in my opinion. Now, the Missouri offense in 2022 often relied on explosive plays to put points on the board. Well, the 2023 Tigers also rely on explosive plays. There just happens to be a lot more of them happening this season. And the Missouri offense, while it's very explosive, the Kentucky offense much more methodical, much more efficient. I would say at the same time. So there is a trade-off there. Obviously, it's nice to get huge chunks of yardage. At the same time, if Missouri could be a little bit more efficient, they could more easily close out a 15-point lead against LSU, for example. And Kentucky and Ray Davis, they're going to run the football, and at times, I'm sure they're going to run the ball effectively. They murdered the Florida Gators with their ground game. And early in that ball game, once again, they got pretty good chunks on the ground against Georgia. But unfortunately, when you're down 31 to seven, it's hard to just keep handing it off to Ray Davis in the second half. And then all of a sudden those four and five star linemen, which are plentiful down in Athens, Georgia, don't have to worry about run fits and they can just run wild attacking the quarterback. And that's seemingly what happened there in the second half to Devin Leary and company. But because that Kentucky offense, while a good unit, not all that explosive is going to take its time, going to move the chain slowly but efficiently, that means that what we don't need is what we've seen too much of of this defense the past few weeks. We don't need hero ball. Make them march the football downfield. Tigers have just given up far too many explosive plays lately, and if Missouri is going to give up some explosive plays defensively in this game, at least make Kentucky earn it. Don't do it with blown coverages, and by all means, don't do it by giving them 15-yard penalties either. Obviously, far too much of that. And the Kentucky offense, by the way, it does tend to huddle on just about every play and control the clock, and in fact, Some numbers I heard have them as the slowest-paced team in all of FBS football. Again, just because they're slow doesn't mean they're bad, though. This is definitely an above-average group for the most part. Maybe not in the SEC, though. That's the thing. You can be above-average in the FBS and still be toward the bottom of SEC football, and I think that's where Kentucky finds itself currently. So it'll be interesting to see how effective... Kentucky can run the ball against what's been a good Missouri defense against tailbacks so far this season. If you're Missouri, even if you're giving up five, six yards a pop there early, just be be patient. Stay in your run fits. Be aggressive in terms of X's and O's, but as a player, just please play within yourself. And I usually don't talk a ton of recruiting during the Missouri football season. But right now, there's some exciting stuff seemingly happening behind the scenes. I talked about how the LSU, excuse me, the LSU loss this past Saturday was obviously just that. But off the field, the game's still a win 
for Missouri. I, I feel like if Missouri would have been, you know, curb stomped, to use a, a, a not so delicate phrase, if Missouri was curb stomped by LSU like Kentucky was this past weekend against Georgia, well, that would have been highly disconcerting for sure to use to borrow a phrase from the LSU game I I wouldn't have I wouldn't have felt good about that whatsoever on or off the field but the fact that you had a sold out crowd a game that in many ways could have gone either way hey I figure if you're Williams Winery Ryan Wingo and Jeremiah McClellan a couple of big time receivers there to go along with the number one defensive player in the country who's already committed to Missouri in Winery, I just figured, hey, this can only be a good thing off the field. Well, apparently it's even better than that. You've got Clint Cosgrove over at Rivals.com. He was one of the first guys to put in a future cast for Williams Winery to Missouri. Well, now he's saying he believes Ryan Wingo is going to be a Missouri addition ultimately as well, which is a big deal. He doesn't just put those those future casts out there for no reason. At the same time, he did make fun of himself a little bit, saying, I'm only hating 84% of these things. Maybe that's not so great. But again, I just think it shows that Missouri does have momentum right now. Things are trending up for the Tigers on the field and off the field as well, something that's been talked a lot about in other spaces, something I should bring up too. I think Missouri's athletic department is very aware that right now with the current Missouri legislation in place, they have a bit of a window opportunity here. Maybe it's just this season. Maybe it's a couple years. Maybe it's three or four years. Who knows? But I think the assumption is at a certain point, all this name, image, and likeness stuff, one way or the other, it's going to be more uniformed across the board. But rule-wise, now, Missouri has an advantage, and I think the entire athletic department knows it needs to take advantage of it. Obviously, winning on the field is going to really take advantage of it more than anything. So some really exciting stuff happening off the field as well as on right now for Missouri. And coming up on the show, I want to talk just a little bit of basketball to close out. Obviously, we're less than a month away. I'm really excited, of course. The most excited I've been for a Missouri basketball season in a long, long time. I'd say at least since the Michael Porter Jr. season, for sure. But I saw a note out there. Gabe DeArmond was guessing what the starting five would be for Missouri. And I don't think Gabe is just pulling this rabbit out of the hat, he included a true freshman in the starting five. Gotta say, didn't see that one coming, but it made me really excited. So let's talk about Trent Pierce coming up. But first, I want to tell you about prize picks because here's the deal with daily fantasy sports. It's really fun to play, but sometimes, frankly, there are too many options. So who needs to fight through all the nonsense, especially if you're a new player? Hey, you don't need to battle it out with thousands of others, including pros and sharks. Just pick more or less than more than or less than on two to six players in stat projections and just watch the winnings roll in. And even better, Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value, and also PrizePix offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account. 
this football season. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. Now, just to clarify here, Gabe DeArmond said very much, he said, well, I learned last year that trying to guess a basketball rotation in October is a little bit of a fool's errand, but hey, what the heck, I'm going to do it anyway. So thank you, Gabe, for answering the hypothetical question. I also want to clarify that Gabe said he thinks this is going to be the rotation by the end of the season. I just thought it was surprising to see him include Trent Pierce among that starting five, along with Nick Honor, Sean East, the two point guards and lead ball handlers, seniors returning, Caleb Grill, another guy with a ton of experience, Noah Carter, same deal, but also Trent Pierce. Again, a guy who's gotten a lot of hype here this offseason, a kid who's grown to about six foot ten, a really nice jump shooter, scorer from what we've seen, and I just not really considered that particular angle for him to essentially be the starting center for Missouri. Not that Missouri is really going to be playing with a true center in that particular lineup. That'll be Connor Vanover's job when he comes off the bench. But much like last year, it seems like the Tigers are going to be starting with a small ball lineup, at least if that's what, if you believe what Gabe DeArmond has to say here. I think Gabe is obviously... He's, he's basing this on some inside information, what he's hearing from people that he talks to. So again, this isn't just plucked out of thin air. My point is, if people around Missouri are this confident in Trent Pierce already, well, that's going to make for a pretty exciting starting five. If you like offensive basketball, if you like seeing the ball go into the basket, and I know I do, Last year's Missouri team was certainly good at that. I think you're going to see something maybe a lot more similar. Just a team with more depth this year, I would say. Just more quality depth than what the Tigers had last season. So while Kobe Brown and Demoy Hodge, I would say Kobe Brown in particular, is going to be a really tough piece to replace in that Missouri offense and defense. Well, if you think about it, if you want to get a guy next to Noah Carter's, to have two starting forwards who are versatile offensively, can can put the ball on the floor, can step out, make a shot, pass the ball, all that good stuff. Well, Trent Pierce probably fits the bill as well as anybody on the roster. So some exciting times, obviously, on many levels for Missouri basketball and football as well. And I don't know, it just got me excited as a fan to see that the early returns on Trent Pierce are looking pretty strong. So again, thank all of you for joining me on the program today. Thanks for making this your first listen every day. And thanks for telling a friend that we're available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, the whole deal. And if you're one of those those people who likes to complain that there are too many ads in this show, Go to Amazon Music. If you're a Prime subscriber, you get it right now. You can get this show ad-free. So, until next time, and for all you everydayers, going to be doing my official pick for the game tomorrow, right here on Locked on Mizzou.